sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel sports staff's weekly podcast. We've had a little bit of time off because of sports weather time and off weather. because of weather <laughs> and everything else. But we are back. Uh, have a lot to talk about. Uh, we talk anything and everything sports, and it's been a crazy week of sports with Hope Calvin Rivalry's 200th game, uh, lots of college basketball, the Super Bowl, high school hoops in full force. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, alongside my assistant sports editor, Chris Adarazny. I'm Dan Diadana, and uh, we're going to jump right in by talking about the Hope Calvin 200th career game in their rivalry. Um, Chris and I were both there, and it was an atmosphere unlike anything I've seen uh, just a little bit. I mean, the Hope Hope Calvin games are always jam-packed like that at both places. Uh, this one is at DeVos Fieldhouse here in Holland. And uh, they honored their top five players of all time, like their starting five from the rivalry, which was really cool to see. Um, the game was classic. Hope Calvin, back and forth, close game. Ended up being a two-point win for Calvin. Um, Chris, when they uh, Calvin was clinging to a uh, one-point lead and Derek DeVries missed two free throws and the crowd went into a frenzy and just it was echoing I've never heard it like that in there no same Um, it was so loud I felt like the building was almost shaking I have been in older buildings where it really felt like it was shaking Uh, that almost felt like it was shaking Uh, just what what did you think of that that whole atmosphere in that day that that specific moment was was I think the epitome of the rivalry you know you have the fans are going crazy for a potential game-winning shot if it comes down to it, or a, a free throw that could put a game-winning shot into a tie, a tying shot. You know, but the fans were into it. Even the players were into it. You could see. I took a picture actually of Dennis Towns. He was in the lane for the free throw, and he was yelling his head off at Devries. <laughs> it yes. was it a was great so photo that it wasn't that noticeable overall. But You'd it only notice it if you're looking right at Dennis Towns because right. he was staring right at Eric, and it was really funny. But overall, I mean that that game was the epitome of of the rivalry that I've from what I've heard about it over the two hundred games. Um, it was incredible to watch and, and be there and be part of that historic moment and capture it on on camera. Um, to me, that it was a competitive basketball game like it should have been. Um, you know, both teams are kind of in the middle of the pack right now and fighting for a position to get into that tournament um, to have a, at least a decent decent seed. Um, some players showed up, and that was DeVries, and other players didn't um, for hope that could have won in the game or some plays here or there could have won in the game. Um, and that's that's the rivalry for you. you know, one player always shows up big time. Yeah, and then Alex Boss kid hit four threes in the first two minutes, and he only had hit four threes all year coming into that game. Yeah, that was absolutely unreal. He was he was draining them, and he was open because they were double-teaming DeVries, right. which they should have been right. immediately anyway. He's their best player, but when you got a player like that, living it up in the rivalry it just creates like a legend at times right right. i mean you never know who's going to get the shot down by towns headline yeah you know and And it it nearly was jason beckman he almost had that shot at the buzzer Mm -hmm. it just didn't fall yeah and it was it it was interesting the the difference in this rivalry though was like you said they're both kind of in the middle of a pack this year um many a hope calvin rivalry has been for first place um i would probably say more than less of those 200 games or they've been tournament games. Right. Um, so 
But what it also did is exposed a continuing theme with Hope where they get behind, have this amazing comeback, but it falls short. They've done it like five times this year where it's happened just like that, games that they've been in. And then there's the game like Kalamazoo where they were down 20-something and won by 20-something, which is insane. I've never seen anything quite like that. So this is an issue they're they're underachieving based on how they are on paper, you know, and the talent that they have on that team. Which at this point they've lost too many to get in without the tournament, so it really doesn't matter. Now they're they're to a, a point where they can flip the script, and it's all focused on the tournament. But if they have these games, they have one of these games in the tournament, they're done, and their season will be done easily. Yes, and that is a, a tough spot to be when you have somebody who is. Coming in, an all-American candidate, and Jason Beckman um, improved post-play. Um, you know, you had several guys that you thought could be a first-team all-league in the MIAA, um, and somebody who just is now starting and can shoot the lights out in Riley Lewis. It's really interesting. I would have never guessed that they were in this position coming in. I mean, I knew that Trine was good, and I knew that they were gonna. It, it was gonna be a dogfight kind of a year in the MIAA, but I really would have expected them to be. You know, comfortably in the top three at least. Right. Um, you know, but a couple wins here and there in this same thing. You know, lose the game by two points. A couple of those go the other way. Then that's where they are. Um, but it's just, I know they've been very frustrated uh, by it. And they, you know, there's just usually a couple minute lapse in offensive fluidity. I like that word. Uh, that, I would agree. Uh, <laughs> that... Uh, that has cost them because every game's close, and you know there there was one game was it it was uh, the Calvin game where they lost, they had three straight stops on defense, but they didn't score either. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's kind of key key for them. So that's been kind of an interesting story development this throughout the year. Is they're just kind of. The, the, it's been the year of almost for them it seems yeah. like uh, yeah and they and they talked about that mitchell did talk about that in terms of we just don't know what is wrong we have to find out what's wrong to make those corrections but they don't know yet which is not right. good going into the tournament here in just about a week and a half right they got to figure that that out and have and if they can they're very dangerous it, i don't think there's been a game i mean riley has had a couple off games but he's mostly been there he and jason beckman have had great games together he and teddy ray have had great games together he and Preston have had great games together, but I don't think there's been a game where Beckman and Teddy Ray have both had great games offensively. And I think that they got to figure out how to make that happen because um, Teddy Ray does so many of the intangibles. He's the X factor. Well, we wrote, I wrote that column last year. Um, he can score. He is a great shooter. He's a great rebounder. He does so many different things. Um, he's a great defender, but he had no points against calvin and that was really tough um that's that's really that's really tough because a couple of those open looks that he has if he can drain those it's a different game you right. know but at the same time they need to figure out a way to be able to exploit he, uh, ray and beckman together because riley's going to make his shots and you could saw a lot of the shots he creates for himself if he has to um riley does and jb does that too for the most part part but um they need to be able to all three of them have a big game. If all three of them have a big game, they're going to stun some people. And they might go further than even expected because 
they're talented enough that if everybody is playing well, their starting five is playing well all at the same time, they can play with anybody. But it just hasn't happened right. in too many games this year. Yeah. And so. I, I will say, I, I thought Preston Granger, you could tell he wanted it really badly mm-hmm. last Saturday. He just he wanted he's it played great the last couple of games. He had some really easy turnovers, some travels. Five travelings. I've never seen that. Yeah. And you could tell it, it was frustrating him at times because he was he was so intense in the game. He wanted to win. He wanted to play well. And despite the, the turnovers that he had, those travels... Uh, to me, playing that way as a sophomore mm-hmm. and going like that with that kind of intensity shows it tells me how much he wants it and how much he wants to get better. Right. I mean, he didn't let the moment get to him. He no, made he, some mistakes, he's, but he's, he's still actually, pushed forward. He's actually played really well in all the Hope Calvin games so far in his career. He needs to keep that intensity up in other games. Yes. And that would very be, true. Um, you know, that would. And he has in some of them. You know what I mean? But that's. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting that it. It's never all five of them connect, have now connected for maybe only one or two games this this season, and the, they put that together. They can beat anybody. So um, we got the Hope Women versus Calvin tonight, and by the time this posts, this game the game will be over. So we will not talk about that. Um, but you know, the women have played well. They lost to Trine again, um, right? But other than that, they've pretty much been on a roll. Yeah, they have, and their depth has been fantastic for them. They had all seventeen scores. 17 players score. I know it went over Kalamazoo, who's in last place. But to have that kind of depth roll through, um, that's going to give them a lot of confidence going into the, the MIAA tournament and assumingly the NCAA tournament, which they should make it. Oh, I mean, I can't see them unless you – know, They should. I, I can't see them not getting in, even if they lost the rest of their games. I would, I would agree. Yeah, they, they're they ranked 11th in the country, 10th in the country. Well, sorry. maybe I, – I should say. Maybe if they lost the rest of their games in the regular season, maybe that would yeah. – Yeah, but – they, they but if have, they get upset in the MLB tournament or anything, that's not going to affect them. Right. It won't affect them. They, they'll be fine. Um, right now, the biggest storyline is Francesca Buchanan, the only senior on Hope's roster. She is, I believe, uh, 19, something like that, points away from 1,400, which has only been done three other times. I'm going into tonight's game against Calvin, and then she's 28 or so away from uh, going into third and forty something, going away to, to second. So we'll be watching that for a big, a big uh, piece on her prior to Senior Day next Saturday. All right, we'll be talking more about that Hope Calvin game next week too. Um, it seems funny with the weather and everything like that, but and now that we're in midweek, but the Super Bowl just happened. It did. Yeah. I think it, it's kind of get that feeling because uh, I'm sure most everybody watched it or watched enough of it. It was the most boring Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life, and probably that most people have. I mean, only one touchdown, the lowest scoring Super Bowl in history, and the and the touchdown was a one yard run punch in. That's about the most boring touchdown you can get. Yep. And it was, and the Patriots, you know, won what thirteen to three. It was incredible to see the defense. In these games at time, you know, the pressure yeah. that both teams are able to put on the quarterback. But it just, I, you know, and I was, we were talking about this earlier. I think that of all the Super Bowls, this would be the one to forget. Except it was so dull that I'll remember it. Yeah, yeah. And because I don't, I mean, I don't remember, I'll be the first to say, I don't remember Super Bowls the way I remember World Series um, I remember. I, agree, yes. te- I remember. Like, if you tell me about it, I'll remember. Oh yeah, 
Uh, the Steelers beat the Cardinals that one year with James Harrison and Larry Fitzgerald almost won it for the Cardinals and whatever. And I'll remember, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember them all because that's what my life was watching. <laughs> so I remember those Dallas ones and the 49ers and stuff um, and all the all the Bills almost. Um, but outside of that, like, I remember who who won if you tell me who played. Yeah. But I don't remember them. Except unless there was an iconic moment, I remember Desmond Howard in uh, his kick returns and win- winning that for Green Bay. Um, I remember Vinatieri's kick. Uh, I remember the Rams game against the Titans, where I think Dyson for the Titans almost got there. He stretched out and was one yard short as time expired for the Titans, giving the Rams the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce the win. I remember Nuggets like that. This one I should have for, I should forget. Oh, Odell Beckham's catch. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, there's there's yeah. moments like that. Um, I remember maybe one moment, but I couldn't just list off who won over the years right. like I could for the World Series. Um, like I could tell you that the 1962 World Series, the Yankees beat the Giants, even though Hall of Famer Willie McCovey could have won it for the Giants with Hall of Famers. Willie Mason, Orlando Cepeda on base and he had a line drive that would have knocked anyone's face off but the Yankees second baseman caught it to end the series <laughs> uh, I can't say that <laughs> about the Super Bowl <laughs> but this one I don't have to worry about that there's nothing to say right um, well I mean what, what is your take I mean yeah the defense was great but it's still it's it was still a weird game of all all the games that you would expect to be a defensive football game it wasn't this one these were two of the top teams in the NFL all season long offense the Rams were second in the NFL in yards <laughs> Right. The Patriots were fifth. Like, how do you get a defensive ball game out of this? I don't know. Um, I found it to be yes, boring, but defense wins football games, and the Rams' offense was shut down. I mean, literally shut down by the Patriots, and that's yeah, really golf impressive. Goff looked a little rattled, yeah, pretty much. And of course, uh, you know, a quarterback of his age may be rattled a little bit, but for the Patriots' defense to do what they did against a fantastic offense, and likely Todd Gurley was hurt. Still, what we had heard. Still. still, to shut that down is absolutely incredible. And, didn't, and the the week the the game before they held the Chiefs and other, the second what most offensive they were the, team, first the first offensive, offensive team. They held them scoreless in the first half. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what I found to be quite interesting though, and it's local, it's a local thing, is that the Patriots took what the Lions did to them in the first two or three weeks of the season when the Lions beat them, and they took that film and decided hey we're gonna do this and it worked mm-hmm. and that is obviously matt patricia's you know forte is defense right and he's coached the patriots so the fact that bill belichick decided to take a playbook you know from matt patricia is interesting mm-hmm. since the lions aren't that great right <laughs> but that's what they said that's what he said they did and it's it's incredible how they were able to do that and um uh, you know it wasn't a tom brady type day that anyone would have expected but he won a six super bowl and you know, hats off to him. He's he's the goat. You know, I, he can argue all you want with anyone, but six Super Bowls. It's hard to say he's not the best quarterback ever. Um, For sure, even in, in a thirteen-three win. Yeah, so I mean, he got it done when he had to. And to me, honestly, this one kind of cemented reversely the Belichick uh, legacy. Oh, absolutely. He was the one that was you know that got them. You know. Adjust, made the adjustments that they needed to make 
And if you saw him, he was excited afterward. He was like happy to do the. He was actually smiling. Stuff. Like he was. I have only seen him smile like four times in 20, 30 years. But that was really refreshing to see. Um, and I think this is, um, you know, I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to say that Tom Brady's just going to ride this one into the sunset. But he's uh, not. He's certainly not. He said it already after the game. He's going to play more. Uh, we'll see. It's possible well, that Robert Gronkowski retires. Yeah, um, and he should for his health. Yeah, um, and he may, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, what I found to be a little uh, off-putting about the MVP, although Edelman, I thought it was one of the, the best offensive player out there. Why did not did not go to a defensive player after a whole defensive football game? You gave the MVP to a wide receiver, right? When you've got the lockdown quarter cornerback who sealed it with an interception and took their passing game away exactly him yeah honestly it could have been their kicker it could have been the kicker i mean too. i know he missed one yeah but he two field goals won it for yeah. them <laughs> yep. i mean that's how yeah it was interesting i mean i think i think that part of that goes into the you know i don't know i don't really know how it goes into that i mean the writers were all there the ones that voted for it yeah. so um i guess who are we to but i agree with you i think it should have been uh, the DB, yeah, uh, Stephen Gilmore, yeah, yeah number twenty-four. Yep. Ironically, the key play when they played the Rams, what seventeen years ago, was Ty Law's pick six. He was also number twenty-four. Ha uh, Some luck the, there. Just made the Hall of Fame the night before the Super Bowl. So, um, it's pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. cool. So it was. It was just. It was so forgettable that I'll remember it. To me, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and yes, don't get me wrong. The defense has played great. Uh, both defensive lines, particularly, they played great, uh, but at the commercial stunk. Overall, there was no real memorable commercial. To I feel be like I haven't had that for a few years now. Yeah, it, it just bothers me. I feel like when we were growing up, even like you know, not that long ago, growing up, <laughs> growing up, even you know, high school, college, and whatever, they were really funny. Yeah, or there was at least one that really got you laughing out loud. I haven't laughed out loud at a Super Bowl in a couple of years and if i did it was because of something that happened on the field not because yep. of any great yeah. brilliant and slight bias i really enjoyed the washington post commercial obviously as journalists yeah. we should yes um, agreed there was yeah you're right there was no real funny commercial there out there funny commercials like um, that's the whole point like yeah it was it's, it was kind of black the ones the ones with the you know with forrest whitaker and harrison ford and that dog and like where that was pretty where decent. those automatic yeah. things fail and forrest whitaker's got the music playing on his toothbrush and then he's yeah his yeah teeth and it stops working and harrison ford's dog orders all that food that was okay yeah i mean it was it was at least worth oh that was a good one you know it yes. didn't make me laugh out loud necessarily but uh, i laughed just the dog parts yeah <laughs> so of course that was kind of nice chris is a dog person everyone. i am i am um so yeah so let's move on <laughs> yeah Next Super Bowl, um, please. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some high school hoops. We've got some big storylines that have happened recently. Um, and out of all the things I had planned on talking about first with high school hoops, we're not gonna we're gonna push them all back and remind everyone that the West Ottawa girls just beat undefeated and number two in the state in class A, Division One, Grand Haven. Yep. Stunningly That's incredible. on a comeback win with a three at the end. With 10 seconds left. The yeah. only lead of the game. That was it. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, I mean, Natalie Dunn had, what, her 18 points and, and was killing it. But Rachel Elms was the one that hit the three. I love that the big moment 
was not done. Uh, not that I have anything against Dunn, obviously. She's great. But for them, it's huge that a big moment like that could come to somebody else. It happened a couple years ago like for Holland the same way. that Demetrius Lake would sc- score like 40-some points, but the game-winning three was Isaac Castle. And it does something for a team. It gives them a little it bit of a boost, obviously. And, I mean, losing to Grand Haven, there'd be no shame in it. But the way that they won and how everybody contributed, uh, it's, it's huge for them. I mean, put this just think. Put this into perspective, Chris. I mean, how big of a victory is this? Well, I've seen West Idaho a couple of times this year. I saw them play against um, Hudsonville, and they were okay. It wasn't. It wasn't great. It was just okay. Um, this is a, a win that can spur you the rest of the season. Like, wow, we just upset the second best team in in Division One. Like, how? How? <laughs> they might think about that for a while. How we do that? I don't know. But moving forward with about three or four weeks left in the season, just maybe three actually, into the tournament, this is the kind of win that really puts you at the top of the mountain and shows you, hey, we did this, now we can do more of this. Right. It gives you confidence going into the tournament. And that's, right. that's a big boost for a team that kind of needs that after an up-and-down season. Right, and then they got to play East Kentwood, who's, I think, ranked also on Friday. I believe so. so. That will be... Uh, we'll, be we'll see how, they, how well they ride the momentum a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that was a huge win for them. Um, congrats to Coach Chapman. Yeah, East Kentwood's five and one in the, in the league and nine three overall. So yeah, just lost to Grand Haven only. So yes. Um, all right, then we had the Zealand East West doubleheader last night. Exciting. Um, the Zealand West boys won. Took a kind of a surge in the middle of the third quarter and just ran with it. Uh, it was great to see Clayton Dykehouse back and have a big game. Uh, he and Eli Stefan for Zealand West each traded 20 some point games and uh you know seems like a classic it was just it was great it was great to see it was two of the best players around they just um they just got it done uh the the ducks got it done with offensive rebounding and this was a big win for them because um winning this rivalry for both times which has been rare for them uh they also proved that they can hang with the you know they're going to be Hanging with the bigger teams in in the green, um, Unity Christian, Holland Christian, um, and that's it, a it's kind of win. I don't want to say a signature win, but like because Zealand East has struggled overall, but now they got Clayton back, so it's a little bit different. But in a rivalry, to complete a rivalry sweep and to play as well as they did with tons of offensive rebounding, that's huge, um, and I think that's going to be a big thing for them, especially when they as they get going to the stretch run here um, on the girls' side. Uh, the Zealand East girls' defense has been great. We talked about it before when they played Holland Christian at the Civic, and it was like halftime, and they were it was like twenty to twelve, and they had only scored twelve, but they had held Holland Christian, who scores a lot and is one of the better teams in the league, to 10, 10 points in each quarter, uh, which is huge. Um, and that defense almost you know they almost had a comeback win there, and they've been playing defense like that before. They just can't score if uh, if teams are taking and double triple teaming meg morehouse they've had a hard time scoring well they finally put together a run of scoring and it only took a couple of minutes but it was a back and forth tie two-point game whatever meg scored a couple times and then like each other player out there scored one basket and you put meg then three other people three other baskets and then Meg again. You bookend Meg on those. That's a run. Like yeah. and, and for a team that slows uh, that that defensively runs the show and is able to take other teams out of it. You couple that with 
four stops out of the, those five possessions, your eight to ten point lead looks like thirty. Yep, and that's Very what happened. Easily. And that's what happened last night. Um, they ended up, you know, for a lot of that game being up by twelve, and they might as well have been up forty the way they were playing defense. And it was it was really good to see. Now Zealand West played really good defense too. It was just that little stretch that they were able to get loose, and then uh, Meg hit a layup at the buzzer at the halftime buzzer that kind of was that morale crusher, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good game. Uh, both teams play really good defense. They're going to have to get the offenses going. Um, if they want to be knocking people off in the tournament, especially because they're in A. So they're going right. to be in with like West Ottawa and Grand Haven and stuff. They play so, Hudsonville in the first round. Yeah, and Hudsonville's real good too. Zeal West so, does, by the way. Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be that's going to be interesting. But it was a good sign. Good to see. I mean, Meg controlled that game, and everyone else played really, really well too. They played really good defense. Um, Kaylee Baker played well for the Ducks, but she kind of got neutralized in the key moments. Um, Hope Steen White did a good job on her at times, and Kennedy Boone Sauter I thought played the best game of the season for her. Even though she only had three points, she played great defense. She was tipping the ball, she was tipping rebounds to people, she was diving on the floor. Um, it was really good to see uh, Lucy Bouvier also for Zealand West. She uh, set my record for amount of times hitting the floor. <laughs> um, she got uh, she got beat up by the floor a little bit, we'll say. Um, but that was because she was hustling so much, uh, which was really good to see. Uh, both teams playing good defense and hustling like that. So we'll see what the teams take from there. Um, Holland Christian boys, they lost, what, by 4 or 5 to Unity Christian. A game that was tied at half, tied after three quarters. Unity Christian is in first place and has not lost a league game in almost two years. And... This was the game. This was, this was Holland Christian. They, they had, had already it. beaten Holland Christian. This was the game to tie the league race. Holland Christian was really close. Really they close. had a tie going in the fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah, 47-47 going in the fourth. They lost by four. Um, great game. Just a great game, um, but a little bit short for them. But they play again. They pro- they might play again in the districts. Um, they probably will play again in the districts. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting. They're playing really really well. I, I mean, a, a loss at this point is disappointing, but that does not – a loss to Unity Christian in that way does not say show that they're playing poorly or that they're underachieving or anything. They're playing really, really well. Um, they got a lot of great players, and they're doing it with injuries from their starters. I mean – Yep. Uh, Ethan Alderink was out for a little bit. Gabe Overway has been out for quite a while. Uh, Alderink was out for, what, a game and a half or so. Um Eli Schoonevelt hasn't been isn't even on the roster and hasn't even played it all right. year because of his health issues and he's been a starter for them. Uh, it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, um, it really is in, in a lot of ways. And uh, it's they're going to be they're gonna, the, that game that they play in the districts that against Unity in all likelihood based on how the first rounds go is going to be pretty epic. Oh yeah, um, in a neutral site, uh, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. So um, Hamilton girls still undefeated. Um, yep. you've, you've seen them. They've got uh, Byron Center in a week and a half, and for basically the conference at that point. Um, until th- until then, it's it's pretty much win, 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 win. Right. I mean, even go- I mean, they played all these Zealand teams. The Zealand teams can't score against them. Like they, right. they even if they play decent enough defense against Hamilton, Hamilton's defense is so good that they're not scoring. Uh, they beat uh, Holland Christian two close games. Holland Christian. Hamilton and girls played Holland Christian on Friday, and it was really close. Holland Christian played their best game of the year, and it was a loss, but it was still their best game they played all year. And they had the format down and how to beat them. 
I just, just couldn't quite execute Bria Skronborg kind of took that game over um, but that's the thing that Hamilton has they have that experience where she can take a game over even just for a couple minutes a close game yeah. and give it a little bit of an edge um, AJ Ettinger can do that Ricky Ettinger can do that uh, defensively they all can do that um, Sally Merrill has really stepped up for them lately too she's played really well and she's getting her points mm-hmm. and when you can have depth play like that outside of the obvious ones um, right it's a force to be reckoned with right I mean if you can stop you got to pick your poison because they run their guards all run if you don't stop if you stop Bria Ricky and Sierra Schrotenborg are going to just are going to keep that pace up they might not score it they might dish it but it's that pace is there if you can stop AJ that's huge in the post but if then when you teams gotta... have slowed when team nobody's really stopped her yet but no. when teams have slowed her down then yeah Sari, 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 Sally goes for 16 points and that's it. Yeah. You know, so you get some outside shooting or some, you know, some tough, some easy field goals, some jumpers, mm-hmm. short jumpers. You know, you're yeah. you're still gonna win. Yeah, they're looking like they're gonna be in in store for a decent run in the tournament again. So, um, any other? I mean, the Holland boys and Hamilton boys have been playing okay. They're playing pretty decent. Uh, yes, not bad. The consistency's not quite there with them. Uh, West Ottawa boys, they got a big win against. Grand Haven, but same with them. Yeah, uh, there's you know they're feeling looking the for okay their identity gauntlet right now yes, yes. with the young team. Um, we we watched Soccer Talk and Fanville a few few weeks ago. They're going to be playing again soon. Um, they've had their ups and downs as well. Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting because every every team you know has got some big games, big moments coming up, and big rivalries coming up, and um and then the tournament gives them all new life yeah and that's kind of refreshing about basketball it's kind of cool um you may have a team that's you know we had a team what was four and 16 win districts a few years ago you never know (laughs) so um coming out of the stretch run here in the season and tournament times right around the corner right well it'll be interesting to see too what the calvary boys do um they never really know until tournament time what they get because even if they're really great in the alliance league we'll get to a point where they're playing like powerhouse teams first right. first sometimes they play them first sometimes they don't even play them in the same district it just kind of depends so uh it'll be interesting to see um how that, how that goes but um yeah stay tuned for all this basketball coverage we've got lots of swimming things too the west auto boys are number one and cruising they're winning everything um i think they're going for like their 47th straight yep, dual 47th. win on thursday which is insane um and then uh Wrestling districts are happening this weekend, so we'll talk a little bit about that next yeah, week. That's right. And Holland Christian Swimming's ranked number one. Also, they're having a they're having a good year. It's gonna be interesting to see how this stuff come, turns out. Plus, we got plenty of plenty of college swimmers as you're reading in the Sentinel doing big things, uh, different places, and we'll have some more stories on that uh, this week. Uh, so, yeah, get out and watch some basketball, and uh, have a good week. Mm-hmm.